Okay. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. Uh, yeah, so day jobs suck, and I apologize that we're running late. Oh, and now the camera is already screwing up. See what happens, man? Hey, hey, all right. Um, I am going to do what I can to make sure that happens as minimal, minimally as possible this evening, but it seems that my camera is acting up once again this uh, for this stream, which is always so much fun. Um, I was going to try and have all of the uh, scheduling issues in the next couple of weeks in front of me, but uh, again, day jobs suck, so... That didn't happen, so we don't have a whole lot of housekeeping to go over, unfortunately. Um, but uh, very welcome to Mr. Christopher Ortiz uh, for joining once again, already active in chat, because you're a rock star. Um, I don't know... I don't know what... the gaming portion tonight is going to bring... But hopefully it will be a lot of fun. Um, I have a, spl a little bit of an itch to play some Splitgate. Good lord, this is like every 30 seconds it's happening. Let's see what's going on here. See if I can find a connection. Activate! Hello! <laughs> um, so very likely we'll get some Splitgate in... Uh, I felt super rusty last week when we finally switched over to Halo, so probably just going to do a bit of Halo. Um, and I still don't have the the fighter scene, the new setup for the fighting games uh, on my OBS set properly um, because I just it, there's not enough time in the day to get everything done that I need to get done. So. That being said, I think we have the window open, and so that means we can do this. Let's transition to the other scene, and let's start reading the news. No suggestions from chat as to exactly where we should start, so we'll just start at the top of Cosmic Book like we do. So, uh, actually, that's one thing I do want to I do want to uh, pass off to the folk who are paying attention, at least, and that is um, so. I'm playing with the idea of doing at least a little bit of pre. Uh, preparation for these live broadcasts and that is potentially have like five or so um, articles already lined up and kind of read so I know where we're going so there's a little bit more structure because sometimes when there's nothing to when there's nothing immediately grasping my attention uh, there it's it tends to ramble <laughs> um if that sounds attractive to you, then by all means, Cocaine Bear. Oh, I have not yet seen Cocaine Bear, so let's uh, let's pull up some stuff about Cocaine Bear. Um, but yeah, so if anyone ha is opposed or has a better idea for structure. then I am open to suggestions. But yeah, that is... That is my thoughts. Um, did you... Chris, did you see Cocaine Bear? Is that why you are itching to talk about it? So, uh, co-produced by Elizabeth Banks, written by Jimmy Warden, loosely inspired by the true story of the quote-unquote cocaine bear, an American black bear that ingested millions of dollars of lost cocaine in 1985. The film features an ensemble cast and includes Carrie Russell, O'Shea Jackson Jr., a.k.a. Um, uh, uh, oh, Ice Cube Jr., good lord, F brain fart, uh, Christian Convery, I 
vaguely recognize that name. Alden uh, Einrich, Brooklyn Prince, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Margot Martindale, Matthew Rice, and Ray Liotta in one of his final performances. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot he was in this movie because it came out now and he passed some time ago. Came out today, so you want to talk about it. Seems kind of cringy in a way that may be good. I kind of concur. So, uh, honestly, I bet, I am be, I am willing to bet that Bounding has... that. There's definitely been some... Uh, stuff in the media about cocaine bears specifically about there it is director elizabeth banks so we'll pull up the uh the article from bounding into comics real quick about what miss elizabeth banks has to add to the conversation not that i think that it's anything uh that's going to be positive necessarily so uh, according to bounding into comics Seemingly having learned nothing from the widespread eye-rolling elicited by her last few attempts to garner credibility by playing the, quote, gender discrimination card, unquote, uh, Elizabeth Banks has once again raised the claim that she finds herself at a constant disadvantage in Hollywood because of her gender. Uh, Banks revisited this tired claim during a recent interview given to Yahoo Entertainment's Kevin Palawi in promotion of her upcoming directorial feature, cocaine bear. Elizabeth Bank, uh, quote, according to Palawi, I believe on Twitter. Yes. Uh, Elizabeth Bank Banks pays loving tribute to Ray Liotta, says she's been told that as a female action director, male actors might not follow her. Uh, but Ray blessed this movie and he trusted me as a director. According to her, he gave me the confidence to know that I can direct anybody doing anything. At one point, asked by Pauli, Palawi, sorry, about her thoughts on, quote, working with the late, great Ray Liotta, who appears in the film posthumously as a drug kingpin, Sid Dentwood. Banks replied, he was really excited to do it. He came very joyfully to this project. Very game. Actually, after he read the script, he asked for more jokes. Uh, I knew Ray a little bit from a project we'd done a decade ago when she recalled making a nod to their time working together in 2011's The Details. Uh, I knew, first of all, what a consummate professional he was as uh, actually has been said by many people who've worked with him which is awesome uh, that he was going to come to the set and he was going to be ready which he was she goes on uh, he was going to commit to the bit the Power Rangers star added I mean some crazy things happened by uh, to Ray Liotta in this movie I don't want to give anything away but he was fully committed to that stuff from minute one everything from the wig he wore to the clothes he was just so game so I'm assuming this is the wig she's referencing and that is quite the thing uh, using the moment to slightly pivot the topic of conversation Banks then asserted I mean I'm just so grateful that he blessed this movie he trusted me as a director to this end she explained I wanted to be wanted to make a big film. This is a lot of action and CGI and it's very muscular, masculine kind of project. And I've been told by people in Hollywood, added by the director or the uh, author of this piece. I don't know if you can direct those things because I don't know if male actors will follow you. And I said to that, when when Henry Hill, Leota's character in Goodfellas, follows you, you can make anything you want. The director ultimately declared, so that was the gift that Ray gave to me. He gave me the confidence to know that I can direct anybody doing anything. As noted above, this is far from the first time Banks has attempted to promote her work by banking on identity politics. Speaking to the Herald Sun 2019 ahead of the premiere of then-upcoming Charlie's Angels reboot, which did disastrously uh, the director warned that quote if this movie doesn't make money it reinforces a stereotype in Hollywood that men don't go see women do action movies I feel like the first Charlie's Angels move uh, reboot movies did pretty well so that's not accurate uh, continuing she says they'll go and see comic book movies with Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel because that's a male genre that seems pretty silly even though those are movies about women they'll yeah. Uh, uh, even those w- um, movies about women, they put them in context of feeding the larger comic book world. So it's all about, yes, you're watching a Wonder Woman movie, but you're setting up three other characters or we're setting up Justice League. That's not accurate at all. That's way to be informed, lady. 
Um, she would even use such rhetoric to explain why her aforementioned reboot failed miserably at the box office. Asked by New York Times 2022, she had learned lessons from the bombing of Charlie's Angels. I don't think that's the way they put it. <laughs> uh, Banks recalled it was very stressful, partly because when women do things in Hollywood, it becomes this story. Uh, she continues, there was a, st- uh, there was a story around Charlie's angels that I was creating some feminist manifesto, which she kind of was. It was just making an, a- I was just making an action movie. I would have liked to have made mission impossible, but women aren't directing mission impossible. Um, okay. I was able to direct an action movie, frankly, because it was, it starred women and I'm a female director and that's the confine right now in Hollywood. I wish the movie had not been presented as just for girls because I didn't make it just for girls. Uh, I don't know about that. I honestly haven't seen it, so I can't necessarily speak directly to that. But that's not what I've heard about the movie at the very least. Uh, there was a disconnect on the marketing side uh, of it for me. I would have liked to have made... Uh, wait. We literally just read that. Thank you, Bounding Into Comics. Editorial staff, get your stuff together. Uh, I had been told by a big producer of action movies that I couldn't direct action, that male actors weren't going to follow me. Again, repeating ourselves. Um, She was flummoxed at the idea, he rather, was flummoxed at the idea that a woman would be able to lead the rock on a CGI screen, I guess. That was said by someone with a lot of power in the industry to my face. The Lead the rock... I don't understand. Okay. Inspired by real, real, real world exploits of one Pablo Escobar, Cocaine Bear hits theaters today. Um, but there's no substance to this. This is just her making claims and there's no like talk of the movie. So let's go back to the wiki, shall we? All right. So the uh, I'm not going to read that whole plot synopsis. Inspiration. Let's get to that. That seems really interesting. Because it looks like it's going to be a fun movie. Um, Fun in the, oh my God, what the hell is happening on screen right now kind of uh, (laughs) interpretation of the word. So the inspiration. The film is loosely inspired by the events surrounding a 175-pound American black bear that died after ingesting a duffel bag of cocaine in December of 85. Uh, Cocaine had been dropped out of an airplane by Andrew C. Thornton II, a former narcotics officer and convicted drug smuggler because his plane was carrying too heavy a load. Thornton then jumped out of the plane with a faulty parachute and died himself. Oh, boy. The bear was found three months later in northern Georgia alongside 40 open plastic containers of cocaine. Oh, my goodness. Bear is currently on display at the Kentucky uh, at the Kentucky for Kentucky Fun Mall. That's a mouthful in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, which named the creature Cocaine Bear in 2015. Film's plot differs from real-life events in a number of ways. Notably, the real-life cocaine bear is not known to have killed anyone after consuming the drugs, and what transpired in the time leading up to its death from overdose is unknown. Response to the film. Prior to the film's release, the story behind Cocaine Bear went viral on social media. Yasmin Tayeg of The Atlantic wrote that part, uh, part of the film's popularity on social media may have been due to the appeal of man versus nature narratives or the shock value of the premise. I think it's more the shock value of the premise, but that might just be me. Uh, however, she noted that the bear was also presented in a sympathetic light by the film. That's cool. I honestly, from what I saw of it, um, I assumed average day in Ohio. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. I'm still getting over the sick, but that's hilarious. (laughs) I assumed that it was going to be presented as, I mean, let's go back because I I vaguely remember reading that. Yeah, comedy horror. I assumed the horror element of it was going to be that the bear just becomes this big unstoppable machine. But if they paint the bear in a sympathetic light by the film, uh, that's pretty cool, actually. It's a bit of an inversion of expectations, which kudos to the director for being able to pull it off, assuming she pulled it off well. Let's see if we can find some actual reviews. Let's Google this real quick. Cocaine Bear reviews. Uh, Let's actually... Rotten Tomatoes was right there. There it is. Rotten Tomatoes. Let's go to the Rotten Tomatoes and see if we can... 
see some of these. Uh, so the the reviewers score is a 70% and the audience score is 74%. So seems to be approximately right where you were anticipating it there, Chris, because if it's averaging a C, then I would put that as a safe bet that it's cringy in, in all the right ways. <laughs> um, 195 reviews, 250 plus on the uh, audience. So top critics starting with Hannah Strong for GQ. Learn how to code. This is why I don't read stuff. Oh, my camera is definitely falling here. Hold two seconds, ladies and germs, while I screw with the camera. Okay. So, uh, from the Atlantic. David Sims, Cocaine Bear would have been a triumph if the jokes landed, but the zingers just aren't up to the mayhem, and though the character actors are all capable of sterling work, there's nobody to root for here. Oh, that's unfortunate. That's actually, I think that's a big problem with modern cinema in general, is I feel like uh, most directors are kind of losing the plot as to how to tell a good story in a lot of ways in that there's no singular focus of a lot of movies a lot of action oriented movies you have such an ensemble and you're trying to give everyone their time in the spotlight that nobody gets fully developed and so it's like i don't really care if any of these people die or you know do the whatever they're trying to accomplish get the MacGuffin, if you will uh, uh, we got Chaos in Collins from Rolling Stone. Pleasures in the crass, goopy excitement of it. It's kind of a put on, but the movie gets, but the movie gets by on being surprisingly blood soaked where it counts. So there you go. Fair. It's a rare film that extracts humor from younger teenagers shoveling down cocaine on pen knives. Uh, but elsewhere, the tone is closer to something produced by Steven Spielberg. Now that's a review. <laughs> wow, that's that's pretty nuts. So he gave it a three out of five. Uh, the previous two did not apparently give it any anything that they could put in a shorthand form on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Oliver Jones from The Observer, primary sin of Cocaine Bear, its complete inability to balance the film's twin directives of broad comedy and shock horror. See, I think comedy is so subjective that that's not very fair, generally speaking. Um, he gives it a 1.5 out of 4. Ty Burr from Ty Burr's watch list. I don't know who this guy is, but he's a top critic. Cocaine Bear mostly succeeds at the task. It is uh, still low-end comedy horror schlock. No more and no less. Gave it just over a 50%, 2.5 out of 4. So, I mean, that's not terrible. Greetings from Britain. I know it's late over here, but I'm... A night owl. So rock and roll. Uh, Dr. Mad Studio. How's it going there? How's everybody doing? Not much happening on my end. I've been listening to some Star Wars audiobooks recently. Star Wars audiobooks? Ah! Uh, which Star Wars audiobooks specifically, uh, Doctor Mad Studio, are you are have you been listening to? Uh, uh, the fictionalization of any of the films? Or are you getting into some of the extended universe stuff? Actually, on a on a different podcast a few years ago, got to interview an author of some of the extended universe stuff. If I can ever find where that interview landed, I will try and insert it into the description of this video uh, once it goes live as a VOD. 
Um, let's see. Salon, I don't give a crap. Bloomberg, don't really care. GQ, AARP movies for grown-ups. Interesting. What's this guy? I just a three out of five. That's pretty glowing comparatively. Uh, as a crass grindhouse picture, the notion of a bear on a rampage after ingesting accidentally airdropped cocaine of 1985 grade yet is solid. The studio picture with A-list names, and it, uh, this is a studio picture with A-list names, and it does deliver deliver the goods that's cool <laughs> he gets it see i think a lot of the people who are being uh cr- overly critical of it like this right here kind of sums this up cocaine bear too often feels like a one joke movie stretched thin uh you're obviously not in on the joke like you're 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 taking this movie and probably yourself far too seriously <laughs> uh a bear does cocaine and kills people. Director Elizabeth Banks reveals in deliciously cheap th- uh, revels in deliciously cheap thrills, but then treats her overqualified actors like bear chew toys while the overcrowded script drifts into hibernation. So yeah, it sounds like this is basically exactly what you're expecting it to be. Um, if you go in with high expectations, you're going to be disappointed. If you go in expecting brainless fun, then that's what you're going to get. Uh, most of them are legends right now. I'm listening to Cloak of Deception by James Lucerno. Previous one was Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth. Oh, I have actually heard of the Dark Lord book that uh, is apparently quite good. So what did you think? Uh, do you concur with what I've been told? I haven't read a whole lot of extended universe stuff. I do have some extended universe stuff from back in the day. I just added it to my personal library and have yet to get around to most of it. Um, actually just, uh, I'm like halfway through Tales of Mos Eisley, Cantina. It's all those little shorts that get into all the characters from Mos Eisley in the Holy Trilogy. But, uh, honestly, that's, I read more Star Trek than I do Star Wars. Uh, that's probably going to get me some comments after the later. <laughs> All right. So continuing on. All right. So uh, does that does that scratch your your cocaine bear itch uh, there, Mr. Christopher Ortiz? Do, uh, do you have anything to contribute? I guess that's that's a better way of saying it. Do you uh, do you want to to inject anything into that conversation based on those reviews or anything? Are you? Does it make you? Is it make you more or less want to see the movie? I guess that's a fair fair way to uh, sign off on that. I Jedi. That one I have also heard is quite good. Yeah, I definitely have heard that I Jedi is uh, one of the better ones. I can't even remember the name of the author. I think I have one of his books upstairs in my library. I just can't. I'm brain farting his name right now. So I wish I could tell you who it was that I uh, spoke with, but I do not remember. Okay, so let's pick up where we were going to before Chris wanted to talk cocaine bear, which thank you very much for the contribution contribution there, Mr. Christopher. Uh, Modoc trends with Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Oh, does, did this come out already? Corey Stoll is featured in both films where fans compare Quantumanium's Modoc, Quantumania's Modoc to that of Snyder's sci-fi movie coming to... Okay, it's not out yet. Because I really want to watch Rebel Moon, as a matter of fact. Uh, Modoc is once again trending on Twitter with a new poster that has been released, which also sees Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon brought into the conversation as actor Corey Stoll fe- is featured in both films. Uh, also famously played uh, Heming... Not, was it Hemingway? It, was he Hemingway in uh, Midnight in Paris? The guy who was the... Um, Wasp in Ant-Man. That was the author of the the good death. A solid death. That guy. Yeah, Hemingway? Okay. So, yes, Hemingway. Pretty sure that's the same actor. Good lord. And now I have to look it up because I won't stop fixating on it if I don't. So, let's go to Midnight in Paris. Great movie, by the way. If you've never seen it and you are okay with Woody Allen flicks, 
I am a big fan of this movie. Where's the cast? Cast. Picasso. Ernest Hemingway. Corey Stoll. Yep, same dude. Same dude. Go down here to recent stuff. Ant-Man, Quantumania, and Rebel Moon. Beautiful. Okay. I was right. Yay. Checking in on chat again. <laughs> there is a cocaine bear Funko Pop. That's awesome. Uh, ton- tons of other audiobooks like Doctor Who, Harry Potter, and H.P. Lovecraft. Actually, that's how I was able to get past book number one in the Harry Potter uh, series was through audiobooks. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's good on you. Also, a great way to get through some um, uh, George R. R. Martin because he can get pretty verbose, especially if you're reading Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, Martin is a good one to get on audiobooks because, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot to slog through. Though I do recommend reading the Wild Cards books. Uh, because they are done in such a way that they're easy to digest in small clips. So you can read, legitimately read like a chapter, maybe two at a time because of the way they're put together. Um, it's, it's, it's easy to digest that way. And I prefer reading to listening to audiobooks unless it's an author that either I enjoy but has a tendency to bore me or an author that is just far too too verbose to keep my attention. Uh, I'm considering trying to listen to some um, uh, uh, Stephen King just because I I can't I can't read the man's writing. It's it, he I think he gets paid by the word to be 100% honest. When I saw it on the Funko Instagram, I was like, I need to... Is it the bear? Is it is the bear the Funko? Because that makes sense. Uh, I think it would be hilarious if they put... Uh, let's. I, I'm going to go pull this up, too. Uh, if they put uh, Ray Liotta's character with that crazy wig. Let's Google image. Ray Liotta. Cocaine bear. <laughs> Look at this. That would make a hell of a Funko Pop right there. Let's open open this image. Uh, open image in new tab. Right there. That would make a hell of a Funko Pop. <laughs> That's great that they made that into a Funko, right? I still have an iPod. I don't know exactly where it is right now. Um, I would use it if I knew where it was. I was using it up until I moved into this, into my new house, um, because it's convenient. It's a easy, iTunes recognizes it. It does. I don't have to like go into the back end of iTunes to get my MP3s to put them onto, cause I have a, a little, uh, MP3 player with removable media. So in order to put any of my podcasts or any, any, music that I've gotten from iTunes, which I don't have much of that, uh, but audio at all that I get through iTunes, I have to go into the back end of iTunes and find the individual MP3s and then load them onto my MP3 player. And it's this whole big mess. Whereas when I was using my iPod, I could just dump them easy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know where it went. It's in a box somewhere because we didn't fully unpack because we're not going to be here all that much longer. Um, just the bear, sadly, but he'd make a perfect Funko Pop. Right? Right? That hair, though. A lot of audio dramas. Some of the adaptations of Stephen King's work like The Mist. Um, Mist, I think, is one that I would be interested in reading because I really dug that uh, horror series that was on... I don't remember where it was on because I definitely sailed the seven seas to get it. Um, all right, continuing. Sorry, we totally got sidetracked on this. Modoc. The dude with the stuff, and yeah, I don't care anymore about the Modoc thing. It was, it was clickbait. It was funny. We're past it. Uh, Brie Larson teases another week closer to the Marvels. Don't care. Ammon Three Rider teases Avengers deaths. Explains Kang versus Thanos. Yeah, don't care about that either. It's not going to happen. Who are the new Avengers in Kang Dynasty? 
This one, all right, let's see, let's see, because I think this would this would be an interesting thing to kind of catch people up who aren't necessarily in the know. Um, so according to a large batch of rumors recently serviced after the characters make up the new Avengers, could include, so this is rumor, could include Spider-Man, Ant-Man, Captain America, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Thor, Hulk, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Shang-Chi, and Kate Bishop, a.k.a. the new Hawkeye. So Ant-Man probably will be his daughter. Spider-Man's going to be uh, Tom Holland. We know this. Black Panther's going to be Shuri Black Panther. Captain Marvel is uh, uh, Falcon Cap. Thor still going to be Hemsworth, presumably. Hulk also uh, going to stay the same. Miss Marvel stay the same. She-Hulk, yeah. Shang-Chi, yeah. Kate Bishop, new Hawkeye. Uh, according to YouTuber Grace Gra- Grace Randolph, she heard uh, Daniel Destin Daniel Cretton, who is directing King Dynasty, wants both She-Hulk and Hulk in the film, as well as Moon Knight. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Quantumania teased a king from Egypt, so there is the connection. And of course, Shang-Chi, the uh, rings of Shang-Chi seem similar to King's tech from Quantumania. Since Cretton also has a history with Brie Larson from other movies, it's also guessed that Cretton will bring Brie Larson uh, as Captain Marvel. That sh- that makes sense. Uh, bonus is Cretton likes to write his own movies, so with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania not doing all that well, it's guessed Cretton will in part be writing King Dynasty along with Jeff Loveless. Love, Loveness. That's a hell of a name. Who does Feige want in the Avengers? Charlie Cox, Daredevil. Yes. <laughs> uh, that would that would actually make a whole hell of a lot of sense because I think uh, Daredevil, the season of Daredevil will have just finished by the time we get to Kang Dynasty. Um, and that's it. Uh, fans love Daredevil, so there's a win. Yeah, that sounds... That seems fairly accurate. Tom Holland is Spider-Man. All right, let's move right along. Let's get to... I need to find the article that... There we go. It's right there. So let's talk Stephen Yun real quick, and then we'll get to the uh, title article for today's stream. Checking back in with chat forgot i have x files audiobook it's called antibodies actually um i believe i have that physical book um got it at a comic book convention and got it signed by the author if it's the one i'm thinking of i have a couple of x files books they're pretty great um he he was one of the first to write for the extended universe when uh, Disney bought it. It was Kevin something. Randomly thought Apocalypse from X-Men Apocalypse when you said Kang from Egypt for some reason. That That's fair. I mean, uh, Apocalypse is from Egypt. Even in the comic books, Apocalypse is from Egypt. Let's, uh, I'm, I'm going to, to look this one up because it's going to, it's going to continue to bug me. So Star Wars books. Um... Kevin something. Kevin something. Heir to the Empire? No, Timothy's on. Uh, let's go to... Oh, hey, look. Let's just do that. 42 more. <laughs> EK Johnson. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm misremembering the Kevin thing. Uh, maybe it'll be on the wiki in chronological order. Wikipedia... Star Wars novel. Oops. List of Star Wars books. There we go. 
Yay! In chronological order. It would have been back here somewhere. No, I want extended universe. Extended universe. Disney canon. Jason Fry, Michael Koch, Kevin Hearn. There it is. Heir to the Jedi. Yeah, so it, I was right. Uh, it was right after this book came out, Heir to the Jedi. I, I interviewed for a different podcast that I was doing at the time, uh, Heir to the Jedi. Name of the podcast, you might be able to find it on YouTube. I honestly cannot remember where this landed. If it was just up on our SoundCloud, which I believe has since been taken down, or if it went up onto the YouTube page as well. But uh, the name of the podcast was Eclectica Cafe, and we uh, interviewed Kevin Hearn. It was a pretty cool interview. He was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was over the phone, so it's, the video is probably not super interesting. If it did land on uh, YouTube, but apparently there is an audiobook for it. So there you go, Doc. You can read the audiobook. Kevin J. Anderson. Oh, yeah, no. So it's not the one I was thinking of. Um, Kevin J. Anderson is actually quite good. Kevin J. Anderson is the co-author of the um, extended Dune universe books as well. He and... um, Oh, I'm brain farting everyone's names. It's usually how it goes when I'm on stream. Uh, Dune novels... Where are they? Where are they? Comics, short stories. Uh, right here. Uh, House Carino, House Harkonnen, uh, uh, House Atreides. Brian Herbert, uh, uh, the son of Frank. Yeah, Kevin J. Anderson, I think, is honestly the only reason why I've been able to uh, trod through even I because I've let's go back to that list I've made it through um, House Atreides I've made it through I'm currently reading um, House Harkonnen and I believe I started also Balerian Jihad um, and those are all co-written by Kevin J. Anderson. And I, I wrote, I read the book that Frank wrote with his son, Brian, and it was not quite as good as any of the Frank solo stuff. So I think Brian Herbert is the weak link here. Cause I've read some of Kevin J. Anderson's solo, um, hard sci-fi stuff as well. And I, I really, really like what he's written uh, let's go to main article bibliography. I have read from Kevin J. Anderson, X-Files books, Dune books, Saga of Seven Sons, no. Game Earth trilogy, that sounds familiar. So I, it's been a minute, so I can't remember exactly where. But, yeah, I think Kevin J. Anderson is the... Maybe it was actually his JSA run. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. No, I read something legitimately... I'm never going to remember, so it's 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 kind of a futile... <laughs> way too much ADD in my head to remember that, because it was only one book. Um, but I remember really liking it. So, yeah, Kevin, Kevin J. Anderson... Dune books, uh, the Kevin G. Anderson elements are what's readable from that. Darth Maul Shadowhunter. Uh, that sounds cool. I really... Sam Witwer, even. No kidding. Seriously? That's brilliant. You should totally get that one, yo. 
because Darth Maul is great. All right, continuing on with the news. Steven Yeun joins Marvel's Thunderbolts as the Sentry. Actor is already known for playing Superman character, or maybe he is also, uh, so maybe he is also playing the MCU version. Steven Yeun has joined Marvel's Thunderbolts, said to be in a key role, possibly as the Sentry, who is rumored for the film. Actors known for The Walking Dead and Voices Invincible in the animated series streaming on Amazon, which is fantastic. Freaking tastic! If you have not watched it, you should. Uh, Yun also recently starred in Nope and was nominated for an Oscar in Minari. According to the trades, part Steven Yun plays in Thunderbolts is significant in the film, and he could also play a big role in future MCU films. So it would make sense that the conclusion is Sentry, because we have heard that Sentry will be in Thunderbolts. Uh, Redditors actually think Steven Yeun could be playing the Sentry, which would be a pretty funny and fitting as Invincible uh, from Robert Kirkman's Image Comics is a similar type Superman character. Rumors are for the Sentry will be the villain of the movie along with possibly the Void, which is... I feel like that's way too much. Sentry, introduce Sentry, introduce how Sentry works, and then introduce Void. Like, that... We're working on a pretty pretty long timeline so it would make more sense anyway uh in the, com- in the comics the character is blonde white dude uh robert renner reynolds where no surprise it said kevin feige wants to race swap the character which is you know stock and trade for feige these days uh in the mcu so maybe yun will be playing the century makes sense what remains to be seen which steven yun would be pretty cool as century i feel like uh yet again the character is a version of dc's superman uh, but Marvel. Marvel has been in the hot seat as of late because of its VFX, so hopefully the Sentry can look good on screen. I think this one looks the most actually like him. This one looks like a completely different actor. Uh, here is Steven Yen's Sentry as whipped up by the Mid Journey AI bot on Discord. Thunderbolts getting released 2024. Okay, yes. So now here we go. Dun dun dun. Speaking of books and things. Lord of the Rings, new Lord of the Rings movies in the works from Warner Brothers Discovery. Is this something we actually need, Mr. David Zaslav? Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav made the announcement during the company's Q4 investors call as they want more big franchises. New Lord of the Rings movies are going to happen from Warner Brothers Discovery and Middle Earth Enterprises because I believe Warner Brothers Discovery owns Middle Earth Enterprises these days. Um, actually, no, I think I might be mistaken because they also are licensing out the Amazon show. And so that wouldn't make sense. So I am, I am mistaken. Never mind. Don't listen to me. Do <laughs> the announcement was made Thursday by Warner Bros. Discovery CEO David Zaslav and the company's Q4 investors call with, uh, where the stock is up over 64% since the first of the year. People are freaking out because Zaslav has like woke folk. Type uh, types are freaking out because Zaslav has uh, taken over the company and is doing effectively what he wants, and is and he's the one that canceled all of the things. Like there was an Adam Conover video that went out very recently about um, corporate mergers and how they're this horrible, horrible thing. Which, by and large, he has many good points in the video, but. I think his point about the Warner Discovery uh, merger is highly invalid, and he's he's just bitter because his show got canceled in all of the aftermath. Hey, thanks for stopping by, Dr. Mad Studio. Appreciate it. Uh, we hope to see you again in future streams. Much love, and uh, <laughs> that's got to be super late out there in England. So, yeah, go get some sleep, boss. All right, continuing on with the article. Details made uh, details include Warner Brothers uh, Pictures has signed a multi-year deal to develop new movies with Middle Earth Enterprises, which owns the exclusive wor- worldwide rights to the motion picture, games, merchandising stage, and other rights for Tolkien literary works, including Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Quote, following a re- recent acquisition. Oh, so they did. Okay, so I'm not remembering that incorrectly, but they still have the contract with Amazon 
So that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Anyway, continuing. Following our recent acquisition of Middle Earth Enterprises, we're thrilled to embark on this new collaborative journey with New Line Cinema and Warner Brothers Pictures, bringing the incomparable world of J.R.R. Tolkien back to the big screen in new and exciting ways. If you remember, there was a rumor shortly after this merger, which is ha- which is what triggered that memory in my head. Um, there was a rumor that they're, they were going to reboot the movie franchise. So they were just going to retell the story of the books again on the big screen, which seems redundant and unnecessary. Um, Lee Gouchard, Gunchard, Guinchard, Ginchard? Nah, I don't know. Uh, CEO of Embracer Group's operative group Free Mode said in a statement today, We understand how cherished these works are, and working together with our partners at New Line Cinema and Warner Brothers Pictures, we plan to honor the past, look to the future, and adhere to the strongest level of quality and production values. Good. Continuing. 20 years ago, New Line took an unprecedented leap of faith to realize the incredible stories, characters, and world of the Lord of the Rings on the big screen. The result was a landmark series of films that have been embraced by generations of fans. Warner Brothers Pictures Group co-chairs and CEOs Michael DeLuca and Pam Abdi said. But for all the scope and detail uh, detail lovingly packed into the two trilogies, the vast, complex, and dazzling universe dreamed up by J.R.R. Tolkien remains largely unexplored on film. The opportunity to invite fans deeper into the cinematic world of Middle Earth is an honor, and we are excited to partner with Middle Earth Enterprises and Embracer Group on this adventure. Lord of Rings the Hobbit made close to $6 billion at the box office. Yes, that's the, yeah. Uh, update. According to, again, CosmicBook.News, Peter Jackson and his writing partners, Fran Walsh, and Philippa Boyens have weighed in on the announcement. Quote, Warner Brothers and Embracer have kept us in the loop every step of the way. The Oscar-winning trio filled in deadline. We look forward to speaking with them further to hear their vision for the franchise moving forward. An original anime movie is also in development development with The Lord of the Rings. Uh, The War of Rohirrim. I can say these words. Rohirrim. From New Line and Warner Brothers Animation, which is set 183 years before the events of Lord of the Rings and tells the fate of the House of Helm Hammerhand, legendary king of Rohan, uh, the flick gets released theatrically April 12th, 2024. Middle Earth Enterprises also has the Rings of Power live action series at Amazon with season two in development. Um, so it seems that... I'm just going to go out on a limb here. It would seem that uh, Rings of Power is not going to factor in to the new cinematic ventures um, because they have changed some of the mythology. They have changed how certain things happened in their version of the history. So if uh, I guess we'll find out when uh, Rohirrim comes out. War of Rohirrim. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. That's really cool, actually, uh, because that sounds a little bit better than what the what the headline wanted me to think. New Lord of the Rings movies in the works from Warner Bros. Because that again, I was going off of the um the the rumor that we heard a few months back about how Lord of the Rings was going to be rebooted. This sounds like they're going to just tell different stories in this world that is so elaborately created by Tolkien. So that's pretty cool, actually. Venom 3 in pre-production confirms Tom Hardy. Beautiful. Hogwarts Legacy. Biggest global launch ever for Warner Brothers games. Record breaker. That's hilarious. Hilarious. Ben Affleck rumored back as Daredevil and Marvel's Avengers Secret Wars, recently rumored for Doctor Strange 2. I don't think this is legit. Where is the source? Do, do they list the source at the end of the article? 
do not list the source of the Intercard article. Maybe they list it in the article itself. So, rumors are that Ben Affleck will be suiting up as Daredevil in Marvel's Avengers Secret Wars movie. Affleck played the Man Without Fear in 2003 movie, made a decent 179 million at the box office, but wasn't well received by both fans and critics alike. However, the R-rated director's cut has been generally better received, and the flick has become somewhat of a cult favorite among fans. Really? Who likes... I mean, I've never seen the director's cut, so I can't speak to that, but I don't know how how a couple minutes of extra footage is going to save that movie, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Change my mind, I guess, is what I was looking for. Uh, the movie spawned a spinoff starring Affleck's former wife, Jennifer Gardner, as Elektra, where Ben Affleck was supposed to appear again as Daredevil and filmed the part, but the scene was cut due to fears surrounding the couple's romance hurting the film. So with Marvel's big Avengers Secret War movie... Uh, in the works said to be a huge multiverse movie rumors uh, offer ben affleck will be back as daredevil alongside charlie cox uh, who has joined the mcu and be starring in the upcoming born again disney plus series details the uh, details are scarce sorry but the rumor comes via giant freaking robot oh yeah so no take this one with a giant grain of salt because these guys have a very mixed track record as far as uh, getting stuff right. Offer Ben Affleck appearance, uh, Daredevil appearance in Avengers will most likely be somewhat of a cameo role. So yeah, he'll just walk on, say something and walk off. The site also recently said Robert Downey Jr. will be back as Iron Man and a large batch of MCU rumors have offered Robert Downey Jr. will be suiting up as Iron Man in Avengers Secret Wars, but they said very explicitly that he's not returning. Previous rumors have offered Marvel actually sent contracts to Affleck's people for a return to as Daredevil and Doctor Strange Multiverse Madness, but since the flick didn't feature that many multiverse characters, maybe Ben Affleck returning as Daredevil has been saved for Avengers Secret Wars. I don't know if I can if I can do that. It's possible the flick will feature many cameo roles as Deadpool three and Wolverine also happens to be said in, uh, to be multiverse flick featuring cameos from Fox Studios, Marvel, Fantastic Four, and X Men movies. So expect even more in Secret Wars. I no I I can't I can't put much faith into that the potential of that. And also, who who really wants that? Flash movie debuting at CinemaCon. Warner Brothers has a lot of faith. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that seems to be accurate. Batman, Black Panther, lead Critics' Choice Super Awards nominations. Interesting. Batman, Black Panther, the Marvels, VFX, a big mess. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I think we are done here. Let's move. What time is it? It's 8.30. We'll get one music piece, and then we will uh, take a momentary break and return for the gaming portion of the evening. So let's pick well, shall we? Let's go to Metal Injection. Usually does this pretty, pretty good for music news. Eight old school death metal bands that need to release a new record. Uh, we could get into that, but I think that's gonna that would take up a lot more time than I want to give it. Mastodon's Bill Kelleher wants to write shorter songs. is very influenced by new turnstile. Interesting. Nordic Frost brings new melancholy with new single "Purge of I." Moontooth announces first show back as guitarist recovers from life-threatening illness. That's cool. Venomous Concept. I like that name for a band. That's cool. Good Ship Lollipop. <coughs> Kings of Thrash debut single has riffs intended for Rust in Peace. That's cool. But we can't hear them. all. Enslave. Gore guts add more to Maryland Death Fle- Death Fest. That's cool. Doth Mike Portnoy. Man, I was wrong. I chose incorrectly. Metal injection is not not following through this time. Everyone cheats at down picking. It's fine. Shocking revelations. Uh, 
<laughs> Paradise Lost's Greg McIntosh on modern mainstream metal. It's safer than pop music. I must say I kind of agree. Typo Negative and Crowbar members form new band I Am. Oh, that's cool. That I mean, it's all in the headline, though. We don't necessarily need to get too deep into that. Dalai Lama, tra- Dolly's Lama trades in wizards for lizards on new single. Recruits Goat Horse, Six Feet Under guitarist for uh, Bastard Creature of Sulfur. Recruits Slaughter Prevails vocalist for new single Be Fowler. That's cool. My goodness. Ross Robinson names his two favorite Slipknot tracks. Why is that really? Okay. Hank Sherman. Edsel Dope. Uh, wow. All right. Let's try something better. <laughs> let's go to Loudwire. Static X unveil new Zero Mask. Oh, boy. Best new rock and metal songs of the week. Oh, boy. Cradle of Filth. 29 years ago, Cradle of Filth released their debut album. I'm old. (laughs) Wes Scantlin arrested for trespassing at former home. Uh, All right. Let's. This is an update on something that we've been talking about for a little bit since it actually broke uh, a little over a year ago, I believe, at this point. Tom Morello thinks Post Malone collab could be the next beat it. Uh, All right. So maybe we're going to do two music pieces. First one, Marilyn Manson. Let's uh, update everybody on the Manson situation because he has already had at least one set of charges dropped, but then he picked up another set of charges for something else um, not directly related to this stuff. So this all comes from the Evan Rachel Wood situation. That is the situation we've been keeping tabs on since it happened. So let's get into this ever so briefly, even though it is a might bit unsavory for the channel these days. Uh, one of the women who accused Manson of his uh, bad doings and abuse, alongside the actress Evan Rachel Wood in 2021, Ashley Morgan, Smithline, a.k.a. Ashley Lindsay Morgan, says in new legal filing that the allegations were untrue and she was, quote, manipulated by Wood, according to a report. Last year, Manson, the rock singer whose real name is Brian Warner, sued Wood, his ex-fiance, for defamation, claiming she formed a conspiracy against him. Sworn statement from Smithline filed uh, the singer's lawsuit February filed by the singer's lawyers sorry, February 23rd claims Smithline was quote manipulated by Miss Wood unquote to agree to again quote spread publicly false accusations of abuse unquote against Manson. She says, I succumbed to pressure from Evan Rachel Wood and her associates to make accusations of uh, bad things against Mr. Warner that were not true. Uh, As reported by Page Six, she continues, I started to believe that uh, what I was repeatedly told happened to Miss Wood and others also happened to me. Uh, Wood's spokesperson denied Smithline's accusation. Even never uh, Evan rather never pressured or manipulated Ashley. They responded, uh, claiming Smithline quote first contacted Evan about the abuse she had suffered. It's unfortunate the harassment and threats Ashley received appear to have pressured her to change her testimony. Now they're saying she's being uh, manipulated by Mr. Warner. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Two years ago, Manson uh, Wood named Manson as her alleged abuser. Four others, Smithline, Sarah McNeely, Ashley Walters, and a woman named Gabriella joined in sharing their own accusations. uh, Subsequent accusers include actress Esme Bianco. 
Manson has refuted all ex- uh, allegations, uh, saying, My art and my life have long been magnets for controversy, but these recent claims about me are horrible distortions of reality, he said in 2021. Uh, continuing, My intimate relationships have always been entirely consen- consensual with like-minded partners, regardless of how and why others are now choosing to misrepresent the past. That, that year, Smithline sued him uh, and spoke to people about her claims. Judge mi- dismissed the lawsuit in 2020. So that was the one that was dismissed, apparently, was the Smithline accusations. As summarized by Billboard, Smithline claims she was initially contacted over uh, by other alleged victim, victims, but that she, when she denied abuse occurred to her she was told repeatedly she might not remember it quote while i was fir- while at first i knew mr warner did not do these things to me i eventually began to question whether he actually did smithline writes on numerous occasions i was told that i m- may just be misremembering what happened repressed my memories of what happened or that my memories had yet not or not yet surfaced she adds which they said happened to people against whom these acts were perpetrated. Once Smithline agreed to participate, she said that uh, Ema Gore, an associate of Woods, drafted an accusation statement for her and posted it to her account. Quote, leading up to the filing of the complaint, I felt pressured to go on a press tour, which includes an interview on The View and an interview and photo shoot, Smithline said. I was very uncomfortable doing this press, but felt pressured to it. Smithline also claimed she didn't receive money from Mr. Warner. See a timeline of the allegations under the video. Uh, Timeline. Let's see. Let's just so that we can get to the dismissal. Many previous associate, previously associated with the musician began speaking out, including Rose McGowan, Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor. Rose McGowan was with him forever. I feel like if, if anyone's going to file a complaint, it would be her. Limp Bizkit's West Borland, because that makes sense. Uh, Sharon Osbourne, Dita Von Teese. She spoke out in favor of him, not against him. Oh, so maybe Rose... Okay, I do, I do remember Rose saying something, but I think she was also... Uh, in faith, she was trying to support him and not going against him. And a stylist who accused the singer of putting a uh, weapon to her head um, conducted a wellness check. Heavy metal singer Otep Shamaya accused Manson of a, of bad things with his current wife, Lindsay Usich, whom Manson married in 2020. Artist manager Tony something <laughs> who worked with Manson for over five years, uh, 25 years, cut ties with the musician in 21. Do to do Esme Bianco's accusation happened in 21. Investigations against Manson following week. Manson accuser Bianco, uh, Bianca Elaine said she would speak with the FBI Report service Bianco had sued Manson. In response, Manson issued a statement through his lawyer claiming the accusations were provably false. In 21, Smithline uh, spoke to People Magazine. She said she survived a monster. This is quite the freaking timeline. Warrant for his arrest in 21. I remember that. I think we talked about that, actually. Reports girlfriend Manson sued him. Describe describing details of the alleged abuse. Smithline sued him in June of 21. Wow. Okay. Pleaded not guilty. Consented to... Well... California judge, uh, which one is this? By the statute of limitations. Oh, that's right. That one was uh, from a Jane Doe. That was the first one that got dismissed because statute of limitations. Uh, judge denied the dismissal of the Bianco lawsuit in. Where is. The other dismissal. Search warrant. 
However, when cameras were rolling, he started to do things for real. Never agreed to that. Sued him again in 22. Dismissed by a judge. Lawsuit against Manson by Ashley Walters. Okay, so that one was dismissed, reportedly due to statute of limitations again. Uh, sheriff investigation, but prosecutors said more evidence was needed. According to L.A. District Attorney, Judge dismissed Smithline lawsuit in January. So that's the one I was thinking of. So, yeah. So there have been uh, three dismissals against him, one of which is by an unnamed accuser after they reportedly failed to secure a new attorney within a time frame set by the court. So that one could resurface. But it sounds like it won't because she's saying, you know, she fabricated certain elements or most of the story. Yep. And then just recently she recanted her allegation. Interesting. All right, Chris, I appreciate you, bud. Have a good evening. Uh, thank you for tuning in, sir. Uh, anyone who happens to be lurking right now. Actually, let's uh, get back to this screen. Where'd it go? Oh, where'd it go? That one. Anyone who happens to be lurking in chat, that is the end of the news portion of today's episode. So thank you for joining. Once again, a uh, big thank you goes out to Mr. Christopher Ortiz and Mr. I'm assuming Mr. Dr. Madge Studio for joining in the conversation during the news portion of today's episode. Um, if you are listening in post, this is where the episode ends. So thank you for listening and or watching. Uh, if you are... Uh, yeah, if you want to see what the other half of these things, that then we're going to go play some games. I, though, have to put a little bit of food in my face. So we're going to take about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, I'm going to eat some food. We will be back for that. And yeah, uh, if it, it, the, I'm going to do the sign off again for the post. If it's generally nerdy, it's probably here. I will see the rest of you in just a few minutes. I'll put it over to the just chatting screen now. Shishasha and muting my microphone. Thank you very much, nerds. We'll see you in a bit.